Hey, what's up? It's the Denver Road Show. It's Bill and Ian. Uh, you know, two dudes, two dudes that should actually just call each other instead of <laughs> broadcasting this fucking thing. Uh, we got a lot to get through um, because the show has just become the NFT Power Hour, uh, unfortunately. But uh, I don't, I don't know what to do about it because there's just more shit every day. It just keeps piling up and getting like like insane it's becoming more unhinged we could um uh, we could ignore it until it goes away i guess that's true right that's that's like the covid strategy so, yeah there you go um but but at the same time there's like that gut feel you know like it's like the matrix like you know it's still there in the back of your mm-hmm. head you know oh god um so yeah so let's just let's just open with that fucking shit uh this is no fucking thanks <laughs> all right so um this one's a bummer uh Neil Gaiman, uh, author of American Gods, Coraline, uh, a ton of other stuff, The Sandman, which is being adapted and going to be released this year as a Netflix show, uh, because it seems like he stopped writing and is just adapting all of his things for TV. Um, He is doing a charity NFT thing for uh, Afghan aid. So this is like for uh, Afghan refugees Mm -hmm. uh, after the, the... U.S. Uh, abandoning Afghanistan and the Taliban takeover. Uh, he he has been uh, an advocate for um, basically refugees of any sort for a, a very, very long time. Uh, I've seen him do a lot of charity work for refugees. Um, and so that part is not out of character, but the NFT thing is very much out of character. Um, and so he tweeted about it, uh, and quickly his uh, audience was... Um, very opposed they were they were very upset about that and they were just basically like hey uh the charity thing love it super great uh can you just do this in literally any other way that does not involve an nft or cryptocurrency sign some books yeah um and this comes from the uh jerusalem post which was the uh the article that he had shared it as like the announcement um and it calls him a jewish british author which i guess it's right but like it's kind of weird to me. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't know why. That's just not, that's like strange to me. Um, like, I, like yeah, he's Jewish, but like I don't know, I don't know. Just that phrasing is weird. Um, because it's like, would they not talk about him if he wasn't? I don't know, I don't know. It's it, it was it's a weird, weird phrasing. Um, so he's auctioning off an NFT at the Mars Panda NFT charity auction to benefit displaced Afghans. Um. All the proceeds will be donated to the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, uh, organized as a way for a number of authors, artists, NFT influencers, and athletes to auction off NFTs to raise funds to help the many Afghans who are displaced following the Taliban takeover. Uh, And then it goes into a quick explainer of NFTs. (laughs) The file is usually computized work of art in JPEG format that is unique and something that, along with cryptocurrency, has exploded in popularity. Um... And it goes on to explain that he is a UNHCR goodwill ambassador, uh, and he's a VIP of the auction. Um, and so it's a it's a uh, some kind of film of his poem called "What You Need to Be Warm," um, and a never before published message from Gaiman himself. Uh, and winning bidders will also uh, win a signed copy of his comic book, The Sandman, and a personalized message. Um, well, the signed copy, that's a physical copy, so that's not an NFT? I suppose that's real. Okay. Yeah. But the NFT, I guess, is this this digitized film of the poem. Yeah, so the thing about the, the thing about NFTs is that none of the things actually have to be NFTs. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. They're, they're a solution for a problem that doesn't exactly. exist. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So, 
Uh, and then this article explains that there are other VIPs, including uh, Khaled Hosseini, um, who is the author of The Kite Runner and A Thousand Splendid Sons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there are some huge names involved in this. Uh, and it's just like, Cole, why some some dipshit convinced <laughs> the United Nations to have this charity thing involve NFTs in some way instead of just doing the charity auction. Right. You know, somebody's dipshit son <laughs> convinced them to do it's like, it. like, these are really hot right now. You should you should put these towards a good cause. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, like the article said, all the proceeds are going to the charity, but it's like you can do all of this without the nfts yeah like do you really think a crypto bro is really going to purchase like poetry sort of this high art yeah like <laughs> um so he uh, it took him less than 12 hours to delete the initial tweet um as i was writing the notes it seems like this is still ongoing like this is like a un thing basically uh so i don't think it's like he didn't announce that he was pulling out or anything he just sort of deleted the tweet um and uh, there was a response that was still up that he didn't uh, sort of get rid of. Um, and so one of the, one of the one of his followers uh, put up a, a fundraising thing. It's like, all right, so like we all hate NFTs, and uh, so let's just raise money for the charity instead, and not not be involved with this charity auction or anything. Let's, let's just... band together in our hatred of NFTs and, and raise some money. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they 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 say in the tweet and they said uh, throw money at a good cause only partially to spite Neil and then he quote retweeted that which is also a way of sharing it and said why would that spite me I want people to donate to at refugees which is the organization mm-hmm. um, so he left that up um, and then of course people were, were saying like well yeah so then why didn't you just ask people to donate instead of getting involved in an NFT auction. <laughs> Because clearly people are very willing to donate to the cause. It's just you didn't need to get involved in the NFT. Is it possible that that Neil Gaiman wasn't aware of the sort of uh, distaste for NFTs that most people have? Like, it's such a big thing now. It's so well known. Like, it's kind of hard to believe that he didn't wasn't aware. You know, the thing is that the, the thing is that he's very online. Yeah. Yeah. So I find it very hard to believe that he wouldn't be. Um, but him and his on again off again wife do mostly his wife gets involved in a lot of weird uh scammy crowdfunding things uh she got involved in some shady kickstarters and shit like that where she she often pretends to be like a starving artist even though she is very famous and is like a millionaire mm-hmm. uh so i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i i really i would really he has to know. He has to know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like I said, uh, he deleted the tweet. I think the auction's still ongoing. I don't think he pulled out. I, there probably would have been some kind of announcement for that. Yeah, I think this um, this one got fans. away from him. If it's the if it's the United Nations. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to pull out of that. And like he's he's like he's like not on the board or whatever, but he's like a, a, a what what was the what, he's like an ambassador for the organization. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he like he's he's been involved in this cause for a very long time. Um, so I wouldn't say he organized this event. I, I don't think that's the case, but, um, yeah, he, I don't think he's pulling out of this at all. So, uh, but it looks like his fans are at least, um, <laughs> wise to what's going on and are, you know, trying to, uh, get involved in a way that is not, uh, NFT related. So that at least there's that. Yeah. So not all bad there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, 
So this this one, I don't know if you saw this. Um, there is an NFT project that, <laughs> that is trying to uh, sell and own color on the blockchain. And they claim that if you own the color, you can then earn royalties on colors. Genius. <laughs> because you can just own whatever and claim that it's yours. And it's, it's, somehow it makes you money. I'm gonna purchase. Somehow. I'm gonna purchase the color red in case Taylor Swift ever gets into the NFT business. That's literally what they think. Yeah. So it's called Color Dot Museum, uh, and the the dude behind it, this uh, he calls himself a curator because I because it's a museum supposedly. So he's a curator. Omar Farouk. Um, if you could own color on the blockchain and earn royalties from it each time an NFT that uses those colors trades. Which colors would you mint? This is what we're going to make possible at the upcoming Color Dot Museum NFT market. I feel like there's like last week we talked about the Jodorowsky's Dune situation. Uh-huh. There's just uh-huh. a complete misunderstanding of like ownership here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, continue, continue. So they, on the January 29th, they tweeted seven colors were consecrated today on the Ethereum blockchain. They include the first red, rosy red, the first pink, pink a lot, the first gray, bored gray, oh god, and the, f- the first off black, nearly black. The tone is being set, minted by some people, they tag them, and associates. Uh, I don't, but what enforces the other NFTs? It's like, oh, oh, that NFT used this hex code. And so now you, you you have to get royalties from that NFT. Like how do they don't interact? Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's this is the site. Here's how it works. Choose you choose the color that is the apple of your eye. No algorithm involved, for machines cannot see. Okay, um, out of the sixteen point seven million available in the sRGB color space, only ten thousand colors will become a color NFT. Just so you know, the human eye can see about two point three million colors. Name. Every color has a personality. Go beyond the hexadecimal. Give your color a name to remember. Please, no profanity. Children like colors, too. Don't sell colors to children, you fucking Crayola weirdos. Um, describe. Uh, this is my purple. There are some like it, but none exactly like mine. Your color deserves a few words or an essay to be said about it. Tell the universe what your color means. Own. Own your color for eternity, or as long as Ethereum exists. Okay. So All wait, right. but if there's that, no... At least that's if, the If there's part. over 2 million of these, right, and there's no other color like yours, then how is anybody else going to... Like, how are you going to profit off of that? No, there's only there's only 10,000. Oh. They're only making 10... They're only, they're only going to let you mint 10,000. So the other... Out of the 16.7 million available in the sRGB color space, only 10,000 will become a color NFT. Okay, so all the other colors outside of these 10,000 are still, like, uh, in the public domain, so to speak? I guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, as a new primitive, the token ID associated with your color resolves completely on-chain now and forever. We convert the hexadecimal associated with your color into a pure number and use that for the NFT's token ID which is the primary immutable component of the ERC721 specification. That's just the Ethereum specification. This makes it suitable for computation and experimentation. Earn royalties from your colors. We are building an OpenSea competitor in which transaction fees are stored, shared with color NFT owners and based on the proportional use of their colors in traded NFTs. Let's take this Bored Ape as an example. Bored Ape Yacht Club 9245. There are 3,000... 
or sorry, 398,161 pixels in the NFT above. The Percentage breakdown sorted by the most dominant color to least. Eight colors were excluded because they fell below the included threshold of 0.1%. Jesus Christ. This is wild. $9,112.62 in transaction fees to split among color NFT holders. Here's an example of a transactional share split based on the current offer of 247.1 ETH for this ape. But why would you get the value of the ape? Why would somebody, why would somebody put their NFT on this? Just so the color people could get royalties. Right. So you have to use their thing. You like marketplace. Yeah. You have to use their marketplace. So it's basically like you're um, like you're signing up for a credit card that you have to like pay interest on or something for each purchase. Like nobody would do that. Right. Yeah. So like 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 why would anybody use their marketplace over another one that doesn't charge you for color? Yeah, the only one that people that would use this were people that already own colors. Mm-hmm. So then they're just like swapping would... money back and forth between themselves. Yeah. And they're going into these JPEGs pixel by pixel trying to make the most money. This is, Yeah, this is the most pyramid scheme out of like anything I've seen because you want people to use your marketplace if you own colors. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it doesn't, even though it's Ethereum, which is like the universal for NFTs pretty much. It doesn't work for anything that is off of their marketplace. So even though they're using a bored ape as an example, you don't get money from bored apes. You only get money for a bored ape that is sold on their store. Mm -hmm. Like they, they claim that this is like all decentralized and like all this shit. But like, no, this is super siloed into this one very small fucking thing. This is so stupid. It's very stupid. This is so dumb. I'd I'd say it's the stupidest thing we've had uh, so far. (laughs) Holy fuck. We're also launching a launch pad. Great writing, man. The Color Museum team plans to partner with new and established brands and creators to to release derivative NFTs that use the 10,000 minted colors and composition. Sure. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming if you make something on this, in this marketplace, you have to, you're like restricted to only using the colors that they've laid out. No, they're saying you can use any of the 16.9 million that are in SRGB. Oh, okay. But... I guess only the first 10,000 people that do it because they have to keep it limited somehow, right? To keep some kind of scarce, artificial scarcity. Right, right. So it's the first 10,000. And as of January 29th, they had seven people. <laughs> so somebody already got rosy red. They beat me to that. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's boy. unfortunate. It's really fucking dumb. Like, I thought it was dumb. It's even dumber, like, reading their whole idea. Well, which color are you purchasing if you were going to do this? <laughs> I don't know. I always like the Fallout Green, which actually like saved the hexadecimal for because I used it a lot. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> but I would not. I would not purchase it only to hope that people use this one marketplace that I then get royalties yeah, off. Do we know like, like how much you make off of somebody using it? Well, it depends on whatever the sale of the NFT is. Oh, true, true, true. That's what their fucking ape breakdown is all about. And does about. it matter, like, how many pixels are using that yes. color in the actual? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So they they break it down by color. So like since the literally the board ape. So since the background is one color, the majority of the, like whoever owns that background color gets the majority of the sale. It's that fucking stupid. Oh, wow. so, <laughs> so since all the apes are on a solid color background, if you own that background color, you're making the most money. It would suck to just like accidentally use a color that somebody owned, not realizing it. And then you look at your receipt for yeah. the transaction. You're like, what happened here? It's like like they're trying to make it be like an actual game of Monopoly mm-hmm. where like you roll the dice 
and then you land on a square. It's like, oh shit, somebody owns that, and now I got to pay them money. Yeah. That's exactly what this shit is. <laughs> Except really dumb because it's in this super siloed marketplace that nobody's going to use. Well, seven, seven even people. In the NF- seven people. But even in the NFT space, nobody's going to use right. this. Because why would they? Holy fuck. Okay. Um. So now we got this big one. Uh, people probably saw this because they probably saw all their favorite musicians talking about this. Um, and I, I feel weird about uh, talking about it because it seems like their entire game plan is to get people to talk mm-hmm. about it. But, uh, but you're going to talk there about is, it. Yes. <laughs> well, because we don't have a lot of people. It's true. That people have already seen it's about true. it. It's true. Um, so there is uh, just a straight up scam happening. Uh, there's an NFT music scam called Hit Piece. And what they have done is they have leveraged the Spotify API to literally scrape the entire Spotify catalog and are selling everything on there as NFTs without literally anyone's permission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, everybody hates that. Everybody's upset by that. Uh, so all the, all the bands, all the labels yelling at this thing, yelling at this scam uh that they they didn't understand how their music got on there then it was quickly found out that they were using the spotify api and had scraped the entire fucking service the entire fucking website the entire app does that include our podcast or is this just music i think they're only focused on okay wouldn't want anybody profiting off of this show i'll tell you god seriously um i think i think honestly if they had stolen podcasts i think they would have actually been in more hot water because of the rogan thing like truly or they might have been praised for it i don't know (laughs) maybe if they stole Um, just joe rogan you know yeah so then it comes to light that the dude behind this thing is a music industry suit basically Mm -hmm. He's a tech entrepreneur, but he has a background in music. He had formed the uh, label Militia Group in the 90s that was uh, later uh, acquired by Sony. Uh, now, this is weird because, because uh, of course, there's like the whole um, cancel Spotify movement going. Um, so what has also sort of um, become known now is that Sony is a partial owner of Spotify, so it seems like he was just given access. Oh wow! To Spotify. Okay, interesting. In order to do this, um, so it is not um currently up as the, at the time of this Rolling Stone piece. So as of February second, the site was down after the backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's convinced it'll quickly be back up because this seems like it was all planned. Um, because it seems like they were ready for the backlash. Right. Uh. And so there was this Twitter thread by uh, the Human Fly, which I think is a very small uh, indie band. Uh, where did it go? So they were digging in. Um, so yeah, they, they found out he was a, a former Billboard 30 Under 30 uh, music executive. Um, so it, uh, the founder is, is Rory Felton. Um, he has a relationship with Spotify and was given API access. And uh, their game plan is... Uh, anytime an NFT is sold, they're holding money for an artist to claim. And if the artist comes to them and doesn't want them to sell it, they return it to whoever bought the NFT. Uh, They're claiming that they respond to any DMCA requests. And they are reportedly bracing for a lot of lawsuits coming because they want the press of those lawsuits because they want to quickly cut deals 
with labels and artists involved rather than going through lengthy lawsuits because they believe that the artists and labels won't have the funding to go through the lawsuits. Right. Wow. So the thing is, that's exactly what Spotify did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's exactly what Spotify did. It's the exact Spotify game plan. Uh, And they have venture capital funding for this blatant scam that is completely infringing on copyright Mm -hmm. and they're they're most likely going to get away with it because they're following exactly what spotify did um and then he also has another plan for a weird ai thing that uh where an ai scans a song and predetermines that it's uh predetermines its uh quality but uh, quote not audio quality literally its performance uh like how good the song will perform. So this is an AI music critic? Pretty much, yeah. Or more like an AI, like, uh, executive. Okay, oh, perform as in, like, how well it will do as far as, like, people like being interested in it? Okay. Yes, yes. Huh. Um, this is all disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very gross. Uh, the music industry has been going through it for a long time now. Yeah. Oh, and also he's um uh, a crazy alt-right not well, of course because of course because of course not yeah. uh follows grifters like jordan peterson ben shapiro laura ingram peter Thiel, and andy no uh and is uh, also uh on the anti-vax trucker thing um so yeah so the game plan is to basically force artists and labels into cutting deals in order to make the service work they're like strong arming them like they they have the resources and yes. they know that the uh the artists and labels don't so they can do whatever yes. they want they can yes basically take over yes um now i i had something about the uh the spotify thing that's been you know happening mm-hmm. i don't know if we can just like quickly pivot to that um i don't want to like no i think I, th- I think it's probably relevant yeah because yeah. like you know this has been going on um all week uh now where we had like neil young and, and Joni mitchell have removed their um, music discographies from the platform in protest of joe rogan's uh, podcast and and how he spreads um vaccine misinformation that can be and is very very harmful mm-hmm. um and i saw a pitchfork article that i really liked it's called the missed opportunity of the spotify boycott and it, it talked about something that i was thinking about which is like these protests are, are well and fine but like they're focused entirely on joe rogan and they're sort of missing the larger picture of what spotify is doing by like not paying its artists um like joe rogan is on contract for 100 million dollars to make his podcast and 300 is it 300 it is a third of a billion dollars yeah okay um even better um yeah so he's making that much money spotify is paying him that much money for his podcast and yet artists make like pennies fractions of pennies per mm-hmm. per stream right so like there's this huge discrepancy there and that's just not being talked about um like there have been protests and and like activists that have have really tried to um, you know change this uh, for for years now. Like they're uh, in the Pitchfork article, they they reference the Union of Musicians and Allied Workers who have petitioned mm-hmm. Spotify uh, for higher payment rates, um, and they've been doing this for for a while. Like last year, here's a quote from um, an organizer, uh, Mary Regalado, an organizer of this uh, this um, organization. She said the company is tripled in value. That's Spotify. The company is tripled in value during the pandemic while failing to increase its payment rates to artists by even a fraction of a penny. 
Uh, musicians all over the world are unemployed right now, while the tech giants dominating the industry take in billions. Music work is labor, and we are asking to be paid fairly for that labor. Um, and then you have like somebody like Neil Young, who he's you know he's he's processing the the Rogan thing because um, he, he's concerned and rightly concerned about vaccine misinformation, how quickly that spreads. But at the same time, like he leaves Spotify and then immediately announces a promotional deal with Amazon Music, yeah. and which is offering like a four month trial. For for people to switch over to Amazon Music. And obviously Amazon is a deeply problematic company. They have uh, fired workers for protesting um, safety conditions at the fulfillment centers and in places of, of work there. Um, so it's it's like, you know, cool, you're you're protesting this one thing, but there's a, there's a bigger picture here. And it's it's like this this pitchfork story says it's a missed opportunity. It's just not being talked about. Um, I do believe the conversation has changed in recent days. Uh, to the fact that Spotify does not pay out to the majority of its um, content base, mm-hmm. uh, the the artists. Um, the, the the spearhead that I've seen for this has been um, <laughs> Eve Six, uh, who is a, a great follow on Twitter, but um, has really been leading the charge, and they have actually been doing this for a couple of years now, where they were um, constantly talking about... Uh, the penny per stream movement, which was, it seems like such a small ask. Um, but now they have been really um, sort of bringing a lot of people together for uh, just the delete Spotify movement and uh, turning the conversation away from uh, it being about Rogan. Um, and and if, if it has anything to do with Rogan, being it about the fact that they gave $300 million to one podcaster but will not pay... Uh, any of their artists an, an actual uh, sustainable model for the artists um, so yeah and uh, that's the hope right the hope is that like all the mainstream attention on Rogan and this whole controversy will sort of transition into greater awareness for the the other issues yeah and and so I think that I think it, just in the last few days I think that has changed okay. um like uh, Paul McCartney uh, Kate Bush sting. They sent a letter to Boris Johnson uh, asking for re- uh, reforms in the streaming economy. Um, McC- McCartney said, I think it's harder for artists now, unfortunately. It's such a small percentage, which is like a very British way to phrase it. But like, uh, you know, so I think I think it has changing quickly. Um, so, yeah, like like Eve Six is even going on about like how they would like rather have you steal their shit than stream it on Spotify mm-hmm. and like, you know, um, I th- I do think it really has uh, changed. Like there are article, like there are articles right here. Like musicians say their battle with Spotify goes far beyond Joe Rogan. Um, yeah, I I I do think uh, it has changed. Because like the Joe Rogan thing is a big part of it too. Like aside from the vaccine misinformation um, aspect of it, like they're paying him so much money because they get the advertising money from his show back, of course. And for everybody that um, streams a podcast, they're not streaming music. And so that fraction of a penny isn't even a fraction of a penny. You know what I mean? So it's like whenever you're streaming mm-hmm. podcasts, like Spotify doesn't have to pay out for that um, as they do with musicians. So it's like they, you know, their pivot into podcasting is actually hurting artists even further because um, it's like taking away even just like the small bit of money they were making. And it's it's like Spotify is now owning the like the uh advertising money from podcasts that they wouldn't otherwise have control of with with like artist streams right so um what else was i gonna say 
But yeah, I was going to suggest we take our podcast off of Spotify, but uh, I don't think anybody actually streams it on there, right? Last time we checked. Um, no, nobody <laughs> really does. Um, I do feel I do feel weird about because we were promoting the um, we made that playlist mm-hmm. and we and we use Spotify for it because everybody fucking uses Spotify. Yeah. Um, and so like I had to go find the fucking Spotify login just to make that thing because I don't use Spotify. Um, and boy, it was actually a pain in the ass. That interface is not good. Um. <laughs> Like I don't actually like using Spotify, but, um, uh, yeah, not like, so I was putting that, I put that in the last, like, I only did that for January because I was like, well, we, that, that was the, that was the end of year thing. So I'll do it for January. And so now I feel weird about including that in there. Um, even though we're, we are such a tiny, we want to talk about fractions of a fucking penny. We are like, you know, millionths of a, yeah. <laughs> of a percentage point. But, I mean, um, I don't think you yeah. can blame anyone for using the platform. No, you can't. You you can't. You can't put this on the consumer. No. You can't um and you can't put this on the artists either. Like you can't you can't shame somebody for uh like the the small artists like trying to get any kind of uh attention or, or like get their music heard on Spotify because that is it, it is the biggest platform and they're not going to get paid on there so they have to be heard mm-hmm. that is the only way like you talk about being like the joke is always like artists paid in exposure but that is literally all they're going to get off spotify yeah. because it takes i don't know how many actual plays I, I there was a graphic that was being shared around I, I don't have it handy um how many plays it takes to like get to minimum wage you know and it's it's like it's an astronomical amount it's 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 it's, it's ridiculous so they're not going to get paid on spotify so they they do need to get paid in that exposure. So you can't blame you can't blame artists if they decide to remain on Spotify at all. Um, but at the same time, there are a lot that are uh, deciding to remove their stuff. I, I saw some comedians that were deciding to take their shit off Spotify. I think Rob Delaney was taking his stuff off Spotify. Um, yeah, I mean it 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 does seem to be making an impact, and I, I appreciate those that are doing it. Like I um I was excited to listen to uh, Roxanne Gay's uh, new podcast that she just started, and um she she took it off. So and that's like the main mm-hmm. place that I go for podcasts. So it is you know it, that's just one example, but it's making an impact in in a lot of areas. Like these artists, like uh, Neil Young and. Joni Mitchell have like millions of, of streams every month that are, you know, those people are going to go elsewhere if they want to continue listening to them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like uh, Eve Six, who was like doing a lot of this, a lot of this work to uh, get people to notice, um, they can't take their music off Spotify because they don't own the masters. Oh. So they don't actually, own, they don't own their own catalog. It's owned by Sony. And Sony is a partial owner of Spotify. So all the listens, all the plays on Spotify go back into Sony. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's just this cyclical fucking thing. That's like the cyclical thing that's happening with their the podcasts that they own and the money from advertising. Right. And that's why they want to promote that yeah. so heavily and have people listen to that primarily, you know? Yeah, it just goes back into the same fucking Exactly, pot. exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. I saw a tweet which kind of, like, annoyed me, which was like, oh, um, Taylor Swift could, could end this whole discussion uh, with one phone call if she wanted to. Well, it's like... It's it's not, you know, it's not up to her. Like, it's not her responsibility to to handle this huge corporation and, and the way it exploits people. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, why is it up to somebody like Taylor Swift? No, and also she couldn't. No, she couldn't. She couldn't. In fact, now that you mentioned the whole <laughs> master aspect Sorry, of it, she couldn't. Um, if she wanted to take her music off, she could take the Taylor's version stuff off. But I don't even know if she could take the originals off of there if she wanted to. If that was the whole thing where she couldn't, yeah, she didn't have 
ownership over her original right, stuff and right. she'd be in the same same mm-hmm. boat but so. yeah it's like stop don't ask taylor swift to solve the problems of a major corporate go go talk to the ceo you know go make him force his hand somehow like it's it just that annoyed me yeah yeah that's the other thing so like those that infinitesimal amount of uh plays like the 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 fractions of a penny most of the time that is going to the label mm-hmm. anyway then then whatever scraps of that it's up to the label to pay out to the artist right. if they have a label so it's even less it's even less and then and then the ceo who he is doing some damage control because their share price is dropping uh he was like yeah we've paid out billions of dollars to quote the music industry <laughs> he doesn't even say artists he says the music industry because right. that, that that isn't who he's paying he's paying he's paying labels he's paying he's paying his owning company he's paying sony he's paying you know like it's it's fucking it's just fucking gross all the way to the bottom like and is there a good streaming platform for artists right now i don't think there is i mean unless you're talking about like Bandcamp or something where you can support them directly but as far as like the you know the monthly paid streaming services like none of them are good they're yeah all they're bad. all bad they're all bad just to varying degrees is, yeah because spotify is like the worst spotify is the worst i think spotify and pandora are the worst mm-hmm. um and title is like double or like triple pan or pandora and spotify but it's still like these are still fractions of a yeah. penny so yeah no the best way is to buy the music directly or buy merch yeah, go to shows you know. when when that's when go that's possible and yeah like that that's that's the only way to actually support mm-hmm. music um like like the streaming the streaming apps are convenient like you, you at this point you can't live without them uh but it doesn't get artists no. paid at all uh so um yeah but that's it for no fucking thanks um i don't know what people are going to try to own and commodify next week um <laughs> i'm waiting for like the like toilet paper nft mm-hmm. like we're, we'll just get real real apocalyptic again you know just <laughs> meanwhile i'm gonna i'm gonna look know. out uh for other shades of red um to maybe maybe pick up we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes yeah yeah um we got a uh dating is dead here um and uh I'm calling this unhinged edition because I saw some, I saw some, I don't know if I necessarily saw some weird stuff. I just saw some confusing things okay. out there lately. Um, and I did see a TikTok. Ooh. Now I'm, I'm assuming saw you saw this TikTok that it was somewhere other than on TikTok, right? Because you're not, you're not on the, on the platform. I saw it on Twitter okay. <laughs> because that's where I have to see everything. Uh, so yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I just I don't I don't know what to make of this. All right. And so maybe you can help me. You don't need the visual because it's mostly just a conversation. Um, so hopefully you could help me out with this. The Guess poly who couple. just texted me? Who? Remember that girl from the Indian restaurant that I gave my number to? No. How long ago was that? Like two months. She finally got bored enough to text you? I know. Oh man, you'd think she would have texted earlier with the lockdown. Does she know you're polyamorous? Not yet, but I'm off to like a really good start and I don't want to fuck this up. What are you writing? Actually, I live with my partner. We're in a music duo. We got signed, so we're making an album. Ooh, that's good. That makes you look good. She's typing. Oh, that's awkward. I know what to say. But we're not like swingers. It's that we allow each other to date others if it comes up. She hearted it. That's cool. What type of music do you guys make? She changed the subject. You're clear. I'm in the clear. I'm in the clear. I'm in the clear. I, 
I don't. Do we know the name of like their music uh, projects? I think it's in the replies. Um, where is it? Uh, Dana and the Wolf. Okay, never heard of them. All right, because because I was I was worried because there are a handful of like um, like duos that I listen to. That's like a man and a woman. So I'm like, I'm, is there any chance? Is there any chance that I would recognize? Dana and the Wolf got me Polly. That's the name of the song. Okay. So this is like, there's some bad acting in it. Like this, they're trying to like reenact this like text thing. Yeah. And it's just like really bad. Um, that's the first thing that pops yeah. out of me. It's, it's not a very good TikTok. Yeah. I, I, it's like, like, okay. Like, good for you. Like, I, I, I don't know how to approach these. Like, if this, if this is what you're living, like, all right. Yeah, like also what like, what is there like, I what's don't... noteworthy about this exchange because so he's they're polyamorous, right? The the couple here. Yeah. And so he has this text exchange with this woman that he's into and she's like cool with it and that's yeah. it. I guess that I guess that's the point. That she's cool with them being polyamorous. Yeah. And that's it. And it's and she's into the fact that they got signed or what i don't know i don't know it's it's just like okay man yeah sure good for you yeah like what do you want anybody to yeah, do yeah i don't know the takeaway here i don't think there's much yeah I don't, I don't i don't know i just saw it and i was just like why are you making this why are you making maybe this? like bragging I, I don't know i mean it is <laughs> right that's what if that's what it seems it like it's kind of like bragging yeah like all right it's like oh look she's into me yeah like okay Cool. And look, we're we we make, we make music, and you can listen to it if you want to, because we're signed by a label. Yeah. Check us out. Our our name is yeah. in the replies. No, I think it was in the replies because people were making fun. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe this was like yeah, a combination of like bragging and like promotion. No, no. The the tweet that I saw, the tweet that like posted this was like this was an absolute nightmare to watch. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Well, it was a nightmare to listen to. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I, uh, yeah, you just, I just feel this like. This is what's kept okay. you off of TikTok. It's seeing stuff like this. Yes, yes, yes. Like, why are you posting? This is not this? representative of of what's good on TikTok. It, it, I'll tell you that much. Kind of. No, it, it really is. It really isn't. Like these are the kinds of people. Uh, okay, all right. Um, but then I have I have some. Uh, I, I can't say normal. I can't say normal. <laughs> Dating is dead. But um, I got some usual ones. Oh, I'm gonna. That's the long one. I'm gonna save the long one. Okay. Um, all right. Just another girl who has seen every episode of The Office way too many times. Big fan of traveling, NJ Devils musicals, and microwave popcorn. I'm a middle school teacher by day, podcast and nap enthusiast by night. Feel free to share Netflix recommendations or Nintendo Switch games. My library is slacking. Um, I have two. I have two things mm-hmm. here. Wait, is that um, it? Yeah. This is like a very, like, I'm surprised because you've pulled out some interesting ones, but this one's pretty normal. Like, I don't. Right. But I just have two okay. things here. Um, If you have to emphasize that you're another girl that has like, if you're, if you recognize the fact that you're like, oh, another girl that's seen The Office way too many times, maybe you don't need to include it. Like if you recognize the stereotype. Well, but then you're just leaning into it. But I, but you're not doing anything with it. Well, you're you're you know? watching the. Like, office. it's not actually a joke there. No, 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 that, that's nothing. Well, it's it's it is something because it means that you've you've got a Peacock subscription, <laughs> and not just so. a Peacock subscription, but a premium Peacock subscription. Well, maybe they're only watching what episodes or seasons one through three or uh, whatever. Maybe. <laughs> okay, and then and then my second point is, um, nap enthusiast by night. <laughs> 
I think that I think that means you go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, okay, that that was yeah. It. No, that's that's good. That's really good. Um, <laughs> well, maybe be... she's nocturnal. <laughs> that would be the opposite. Because then you can you can theoretically you sleep during the day. You can theoretically nap at night, and that, if you're nocturnal, it counts as a nap. Then. Okay, maybe. Um, this is another. This is a short one. I love country music and sports, and I love chicken fingers and French fries. Hell yeah. <laughs> That was all the profile had. That was it. I was like, okay, all right. Wait, can we get it one more time? Cool. I love country music and sports, and I love chicken fingers and French fries. Okay, yeah. You could probably get all of those things at like a sports bar. Yeah, yeah. It's all in one. It's like the premier destination for you. It's a perfect first date. Yeah. Go to Buffalo Wilds. Okay. Here's there's a I got a bunch of short ones. I guess here's another short one. Uh, I'll teach your child someday, but for now, just let me swallow them. Excuse me. I'll teach your child someday, but for now, just let me swallow them. Um, oh, oh is, oh, is this, yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, 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 that, yeah. I've never heard it referred to that way. Um, no, yeah, it's something. It, it's, it's a thinker. It takes you a second. It takes you a second. And then when you get it, you're like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. <laughs> because that's not what you really want to think no. about. <laughs> it's like, if you're offering, but Why? Yeah, it's just framing it that way. It's just not not the way to go. A teacher in the streets in a <laughs> like I, I don't I don't know I don't know. Like I said, it, it got unhinged this time. Uh, okay, this one. All right, wait, what is it? Okay, I'm a huge. I'm sarcastic. I'm a huge smartass. I'm a casual gamer. Love me some Sims 4, Animal Crossing, Pokemon, Mario, and Kingdom Hearts. I'm also an animal lover. I'm a Pisces and want to know more. I'll tell you if we meet. Also, message me. If you love like if you like me to broke to pay for a subscription, I can't see likes message like please message me. Trying to get my life together, currently looking for a job, and then after that I'll get my license. Comma. So wait, is this person oh wait, comma? Is there is there more? Uh, no, oh. it's not. <laughs> Sweet. What was the part about <laughs> broke for a subscription? What was that? Uh 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 also message me if you'd like me too broke to pay for a subscription but they didn't use the right to oh so i read so it. i was thinking if they're too broke to pay for a subscription maybe we could play matchmaker here and match them up with the peacock person oh hey yeah 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 yeah. you know there you go because if you got peacock you're you're just flinging cash oh for around. sure it's it's probably um, like you're probably like 10 services deep by the time you mm-hmm. <laughs> want to subscribe to peacock so you know they're rolling it yeah and it's like i don't i'm i'm the last person to like i I don't know how I want to phrase this. Like, gatekeep affection? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you're notorious for having but... a, a segment on a podcast that hates on women, so... Yes, that's true. Yes. But, like, if, you, if you're, if you like, trying to get... Quote, quote, from this, this individual, trying to get your life together and looking for a job and then get a license, you know? Which I assume is a driver's license, not, like, a hunting <laughs> license or something like that. Like... Then maybe maybe focus on that and then see see who's out mm-hmm. there. I don't know. Like get your life in order. I hear that. I hear yeah, that. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit. Yeah. And then then kind of circle back. Mm-hmm. Then then go swimming with the fish. You know. Yeah, there's steps you have to take. I th- I think so. I think there's like an order of operations, mm-hmm. right? Especially if like you're going to put that out there. I think I think that's gonna I think that's gonna you know send some people you know the other direction. Mm-hmm. You know. Because if you're saying, like, you need to get your life together, then you're, like, kind of saying your life's a mess, right? True. It's implied, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I'm the last person that should be giving oh, advice. Oh, no, 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 me too. Yeah, but yeah. That's that's just the sense that I'm getting here. 
I don't know. I don't know. I just I like the um the escalation this week because you start out with something so innocent as oh it's funny because she takes naps at night and then <laughs> I want to swallow your unborn children. <laughs> And we're not even done. We're not even done. Yeah. Um. All right. I got a couple more. Oh, you do. Okay. Um, I do. I do. Um. All right. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you said you were gay. That's it. That's the. And then no. Oh. <laughs> That's what they opened with. Uh, then they include their like social like they they put their Discord and Snapchat and shit. Uh. Currently in Vietnam. Sorry if I don't talk too much. It takes time for me to be comfortable. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I don't know. I just, the dad joke. And then, hey, hit me up on these. Here's my switch friend code. And then, uh, oh, by the way, I'm not in this country and I don't talk a whole lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering the connection between being in Vietnam and just not, and just being kind of shy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh. All right, last one. Uh, oh, this is the, okay. This is the long one. Hold on. Oh, I gotta download it. Shit, it's too big for Google Drive. All right. Oh God, why did I not break this down into smaller? Okay. Um. So you know how often uh we we come across um some people that uh English is not their first language. Oh Christ. Right. Yeah. And so sometimes their phrasing. Um, I enjoy it a whole lot. See, I feel like this is not... Okay, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't know okay. about this. No, so here's 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 the thing. I honestly think their English is pretty damn good. Okay. okay. All right? There's just a few words that they use that are fucking cute as hell. Uh, all right. Okay? All right. Okay. Um. So first they write in kanji, and I did translate it. It was just like, um, like greetings or something like that, basically. Uh. Hi, I'm a Japanese person that waved land to America a few years ago in school in New York. <laughs> I don't know what wave land is, but I really like it. Uh -huh. I like to watch anime, cartoon, movie, drama, and show that I like. Traveling a lot too, but not so much in recent COVID lockdown. It is hard to describe myself in summary, but I am a kind person that likes to have fun good time. Playing as gamer too, winky face. Uh, please excuse my language. I can write and speak English okay, but not perfect. Uh, if you'd like to get to know me better, uh, leave, left me a message. Uh, and then in parentheses, they have, uh, I misunderstand mean of hookup. I'm not looking for this, please. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then for the prompt, what I'm doing with my life, uh, flying an airplane around the world for my job of global warming to help grow the fruit of the descendant and back to modeling after I quit. Uh, I want to be better at writing English. Uh, favorite shows, Walking Dead, America Horror Story. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> nude girl <laughs> Bob's hot dog <laughs> Key and peel Orange is new dark gray No, okay, this is Okay I think this is cute as shit This is like trolling now No, no, this no, is this Bob's hot dog <laughs> Doctor what? <laughs> no, this isn't real. This isn't real. <laughs> I didn't read this far. Twenty nine rock. Yeah, no, that's it's definitely not real. There's no way. How to meet your mother? <laughs> uh, music. 
you can see my last FM for more. And I did check their last FM. It was nothing but Japanese mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, foods, ice cream, spaghetti, puff, whatever that is. Uh, pizza, sushi, pastry, hot dog, chicken. Uh, six things I can never do without. Eyeliner, toothbrush, iPhone, laptop, airplane, 3DS. Yes, I'm, I'm still play it now. Pencil. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh typical friday night i am channeling the card whatever that means i really want to know i really want to know what channeling the card it means, means. Yeah. you think uh relaxing in a cafe with a warm cup of coffee you should message me if you think we can get along tell me where you would like to take me on our first date smiley face please don't comment about my height yes my height is tall i am 185 centimeters it is around six feet i am get enough about it from other people also, if you send simple message, say hello or hi, of course, I will ignore that. Too many of this. And kindly, please do not message me, say you want to fuck me and sex everything. I don't want to hear it. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's too much of that. My favorite game. To, yeah. My favorite game to play with friends. Mabunagi, Fallout 76, LOL, Death Stranding, Overwatch, Battleborn, Among Us. What's the LOL after Fallout 76? A little bit of shade? Like, uh, I'm playing this, but like, ironically... <laughs> That'd be really good, but it's probably just legal. Oh, uh, oh, right, okay. So yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really good. The TV shows were hilarious. Yes, and also just like there's no way that that's real. I'm sorry. The, there's come on. There's, <laughs> I mean, Bob's hot dog has been going on for like 13 seasons. Well, I'm a now, little right? bit confused because like this person mentions in their favorite foods hot dogs, so I'm wondering if they actually like uh, burgers. Yeah, that is, that that is confusing to me because hamburger is like a Japanese thing, and it's they all, they say it basically like hamburger. Mm -hmm. So It'd be hard. yeah, see that's what I that mean. One, like it would be hard to to get that. It, it, there, every one of those TV shows is wrong in a very funny way, where it's like seems very uh, purposeful. I mean, Walking Dead was fine. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah. yeah. Why? Why was that the only one? I don't know. Oh, and How to Meet Your Mother. No, that's not. It's how I met your mother. That's close enough. That's close enough. It's a completely different meaning. <laughs> American horror, America horror story. But like, if you say it, if you say it, that's close. Same with nude girl. Yeah. And actually, it's spelled N E W D girl. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but so Doctor What too. is just. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know what puff is in the favorite foods. Marshmallow? What's the, um, you know, like Nutella? Oh, What's okay. the, mm. like Nutella is like the, um, that's like the replacement for peanut butter, right? Yeah. Isn't there like a marshmallowy version of that? Oh, I have no idea. What am I thinking of? There's like some fluff. Mm, maybe. Right? Isn't fluff? I don't know. Didn't you like eat that shit like every day for lunch, like in elementary yeah. school? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that, yeah. Maybe that's it. Huh. But yeah, there we go. Best dating is dead for <laughs> this month. Because <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah, so we might need to have a conversation about what, if anything, from that last segment actually makes the show. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> if we lose Bob's hot dog, then what has this all been for? I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. But yeah, we have a movie. <laughs> we have a movie to talk about. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, so so we're talking about uh, The Lost Daughter this week, our latest uh, in our coverage of um, uh, notable films from from the past year as we uh, head closer to the end of award season, even though we really haven't discussed any of the awards implications to any of these movies, which I guess maybe was a missed opportunity. Um, but so yeah, uh, The Lost Daughter, um, streaming on Netflix. It's the directorial debut from Maggie Gyllenhaal, written and directed, um, based on the Elena Ferrante novel, um, stars... Try to not realize until the credits. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, uh, very cool to have another Elena Ferrante adaptation because uh, HBO's uh, My Brilliant Friend is is fantastic. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, but yeah, so this one stars uh, Olivia Coleman and Dakota Johnson and Jesse Buckley. It's got uh, Ed Harris, Paul Mescal. Mm-hmm. It's an all star cast here. Um, yeah, so we're we're following Olivia Coleman. She's on vacation. Um, do we do we know where it is exactly? I mean, it doesn't matter, but. I think somewhere in Greece. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is. It, it is in Greece. They mentioned that a few times, um, like wondering if certain characters speak uh, Greek or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this vacation sort of gets interrupted, uh, disrupted by this uh, large family that sort of takes over uh, a lot of the space um, in this like vacation area. Like they they live there. Um, they have like extended family coming in for. Uh, celebration of some sort and it's, you kind of learn that they sort of control a lot of what goes on uh, they kind of have free reign to do whatever they want uh, without anybody getting in their way um, but among these people is a, a young mother played by Dakota Johnson and she is sort of struggling with her young daughter um, and it's reminding Olivia Coleman's character of her own time as a, a younger mother and she's recalling a lot of like her past memories and um, yeah the movie kind of takes off from there it's it's sort of like uh, this this really interesting tale about motherhood and I guess like the patriarchy and the sort of double standard that comes with like parenting and like the expectations that society has on like the mother versus the father and like what's acceptable of one one parent to do that might not be acceptable for the other and, and sort of like the lasting implications of that and like how it affects both mothers and daughters um, both like when they're young and even like decades later like just just like generational stuff going on here um so so what did you think about this this movie um mm, yeah this was a strange one for me okay. uh because i was like oh this this felt like a weird miss Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Especially especially the ending. And then I was like, oh, it was a book. Uh-huh. Oh, it was an Elena Ferrante. Oh, I bet this was so much better to read. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like sort of playing back some stuff that I felt was kind of off. I was like, oh, this probably works so much better on the page. Like, oh, man, this probably worked so much better on the page. See, for me, this was just like another uh, winning adaptation um, of one of her one of her books. I, I, I love this. I thought it was like astounding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think mm, there was a lot that just doesn't like in order to make a conversation where one person is talking compelling, like there's got to be something there like off for the for, for the screen. OK. Right? You know, Uh. And I don't think there's there are certain scenes where this this doesn't do it, and uh, that works so much better uh, in prose. Um, and so like like the scene where she takes the young guy, the guy that works at the the uh, I don't want to call it a resort really, but like works at the um, like the beach that she's mm-hmm. staying at, uh, takes him to dinner, and she's sort of just like spilling like all this shit about her daughters at mm-hmm. him. Yeah. I was like, this is, 
this isn't really anything. Oh wow. Like, he's just kind of okay. he's just kind of sat there and it's like, ugh, this is okay. Oh, that's so interesting because and, um no, go on, go on, yeah. And then I'm thinking back and I'm like, oh, this would be way better as a stream of consciousness on the page. Yeah. And I haven't read the yeah. book. And I can just I just have the sense that <laughs> that would play so much better, so much better in a book. Um because that wasn't even like one of the moments necessarily like if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but where it doesn't even cut to the the flashbacks. It was really just her going off. She's like comparing the breast size of her daughters to herself and her 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 mm -hmm. mother. And he's just kind of sat there like, all right, what do you want me to do with mm -hmm. this? You know, and it doesn't it, I, I don't know what it's doing in that in that moment where she's just kind of there off on her own little world well, it's, it's showing it's doing exactly that it's showing her preoccupation right and you're seeing that in him as well uh sort of his his mannerisms and his facial expressions throughout it um it's interesting that you bring this up because i really felt like the dialogue and and especially like a lot of the one-on-one -on -one encounters in this in this movie were so um fascinating and, and really unlike a lot of things that you see in film because they're they're filled with these these pauses and these sort of like moments where neither person really knows what to say or is just choosing not to say anything and that's sort of left the other person sort of unsure how to continue like it, it's things that you would you would get in in like actual like real life interactions and it's just something that you don't really see on the screen very much because I think in a way it does sort of disrupt um it does sort of disrupt the movie uh like you're saying like it just doesn't flow um but I found that to be very effective like I thought that was really interesting and I thought it worked I'll give you this but then contrast that scene with the young the young guy with the scene with Ed Harris in the apartment mm -hmm. where after they have dinner, right? And they're talking about their families and like how they're kind of saying some semi-rude things to mm -hmm. each other, how they don't like really understand each other's circumstances. And they're kind of like, they're not like grilling each other, but they're saying some sort of uncomfortable questions to each other, you know, that they don't necessarily want to talk about. Um, but, the, but there's like, there's some movement there, right? Where, uh, you know, she like leans on his head and, you know, and he's like, gosh, oh, should I, you know, do you want to lay down and like things like like there's like movement of the characters there's you know he gets up to go smoke there's like this there's like there's a there's a quick lapse of time that you don't like necessarily see happen mm -hmm. right so like there's things that are happening like there are visual things that are going on that you can pick up on you know like you can you can pick up on his how uncomfortable he is with her you know like leaning on him like all those things that are not like none of those sort of um, emotive points are necessarily present in the scene with the young guy where she, it's, she's just kind of like she's just sort of like spitting prose. At I him. don't know. I just thought that that encounter was interesting, too, because it's like you have I, I just didn't know what either character wanted out of that dinner, you know, like because yeah. um, it's, it's very clear that she's preoccupied um, and, and obviously there's. Uh, there's not really a romantic interest between them because there's there's all sorts of reasons for that. But I just I was interested in just seeing sort of the dynamic uh, between the two characters. And that was like enough for me because I was just trying to figure out where this was headed, you know, um, and it didn't necessarily head anywhere, which is fine because it, it was more of like, like you said, this one character sort of like spilling to another one and they're just kind of there like listening to it. Yeah, um, this to to sort of also talk about the 
comparisons to prose, this reminded me of another novel that I think you also read that you thought better of than I did. Um, Rachel Cusk's Outline, mm -hmm. which uh, there's a review up on deadendroad.co if anybody gives a <laughs> shit. Um, where there's a, it's a similar setup where there's uh, a professor on vacation or she's a writer or something like that. So some, something, you know, adjacent to the arts uh, on vacation in, I think, if it's not Greece, it's something Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're, she's just also bombarded by people and their baggage, and it reminds her of her own baggage, basically. Uh, and I, I struggled with that one, too. Yeah. Where it was, it was a similar thing where but I felt suffocated by all these other characters just coming at the main character with their own shit, just dumping it and dumping it and dumping it on her. And that was sort of where I ended up feeling about that mm -hmm. book. Um, and I felt something similar here. I guess, I guess uh, uh, I see the comparison. I feel like in, in the Rachel Cust novel, um, she is the, the, like the point of view character, like the, if you want to call her narrator, um, is like almost like a vessel just like taking in all these stories and you just yeah. don't get much from that character herself right but mm -hmm. here there there is a sort of like a back and forth um yeah she's much more she's a much more active participant in her own yes. story yeah because like she there is even even when it comes to like her interactions with this this large family that sort of like disrupted her vacation and in all these various like encounters she has there's there's like this she's like standing up for her herself and there's like she's not like giving in like a lot of the other people uh, in the community have like they sort of just like let them take over and so even there yeah. there's like this like back and forth you know and, and she's like sort of like there's like a resistance that she's 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 giving um mm -hmm. so i i don't know um i just i felt like this uh was such a i mean i <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, I will never be a mother, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I, I found this film very um, affecting, like very moving in in what it was portraying, um, especially like because like there's it has a lot to say indirectly about like fatherhood too, um, and sort of like the failures of it, um, because so many of the struggles that the women in this movie go through are in part because there's a failure on the end of the father, right? Whether it's like, mm -hmm. uh, whether there's like a double standard at play, whether there's like straight up like oppression, like control, um, or just like negligence, like that all plays into this. And I thought like the, the, the whole picture that this movie was painting was like very effective. I struggled with the ending. Okay. Just be <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the mm -hmm. novel. Right. So I don't know whether if it. From from a plot standpoint, plays out the way that it does here in the in the movie. Um, I have I have no reason to believe that it's drastically different. You know, I've I have nothing to base it off of. Um, but it seems like they wanted her to die at the beach, and they didn't have a proper way to get that to happen. <laughs> and so they came up with a a bizarre method and to, to achieve that yeah from a plot standpoint like it's a little it's a little like wonky right like it's a little strange um just the sequence of events but like i feel like the final shot pays off really well i but i don't think i don't think she needs to be stabbed with a hair no 
in order to make that happen. Is it metaphorical though? Because like there's a lot of like images and things like the doll or the fruits, like the rotten fruits um, or the hairpin. Like there's all these uh, things that sort of are symbols, right? More than anything else. And they sort of like are tracking like the feelings of the characters and whatnot. So I feel like that's just like another example of it. And it's probably not the best example in the film of that, but I think that's really all it was. I just, it played as goofy mm-hmm. in a movie devoid no, of No, true. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, like the previous scene, like where she gets stabbed with the pin. Like you remove the pin and Dakota Johnson like basically punches her in the gut and she gets the wind knocked out mm-hmm. of her. Like that was good sure. enough, you know? Like we didn't... I don't know. It, it was if it, it felt just really. Goofy. It was like trying to force significance in a way because the hairpin was already re- tied yes. into like an earlier scene with this hat that was gifted yes. to the character and wouldn't stay on her head. And it's like they're they're playing with these images and things. And I think it maybe took it one step too far. Yeah. Yes. Um, I had I had no problems with the final shot. I just think the 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 way they got there was goofy yeah it's like it, it, the movie almost didn't need the opening shot with her going to the beach and falling over like collapsing it didn't need that sort of foreshadowing like it didn't nothing nothing hinged yeah. on that nothing it, it wasn't the climax of the film um it wasn't like this everything building to that moment um it just didn't feel entirely necessary it sort of played around with the idea of like at least in my head, like, well, what happened to her daughters, right? Until she finally admits that she abandoned mm-hmm. them, you know? Um, like, like the, 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 um, Dakota Johnson's daughter is missing and that mirrors whenever one of her daughters went mm-hmm. missing. And, you know, uh, you don't necessarily know what happened to that daughter. So there's, there's a, there's a tension there where you think like she was just lost, right? Right. And not, never found, um, so there's there's that at play. I think they held on to that for too long because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't really necessary and turned what really didn't need to be a mystery into a mystery, I think, um, because that wasn't really the, the point of anything. No, it's not the what. Ever. It's the it's the why. Right. It's it's why. Yeah. How Like, how did this situation end up being what it is? It's not like what exactly happened to these to these people. Yeah, it was it is. It was. Why is she estranged? Exactly. Like, why is yeah. she? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So I, I I think turning that into sort of like a red herring mystery thing was unnecessary mm-hmm. um, and diverted focus. Uh, yeah. What'd you make of the doll? I think Ed Harris was great. Uh, the doll that was that was weird, too, um, because it was clear that she wanted to get caught mm-hmm. like desperately. Like, that's what I feel like the Ed Harris thing really was that. Like why she wanted him to come in for well, dinner? Well, did she want to get caught? Because there's that there's that scene where she's like frantically searching for it because she thinks it's been you know she she stuffed it in the uh, the cabinet right, and then she's yeah. like frantically searching for it, thinking somebody's like come in and taken it. Yeah, but but I think well that happened before, and then I think she like she's she always seemed to be of two minds. Yeah, like it depend it depended on her disposition at the moment towards the family, mm-hmm. right? If she was angry at the family she wanted to withhold or destroy Mm -hmm. the doll if she was happy with them she thought about returning it like whenever uh the movie theater scene whenever the 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 father's father you know um or maybe the daughter's father i I didn't know the relation whenever he shuts up the the rowdy 20 somethings or whatever the teenagers or whatever should that's when she takes the doll out of the trash Mm -hmm. 
which also leads to one of my favorite images, which is uh, she's like trying to like clean it up a bit. And then this this worm comes out of the eye hole of the yeah. doll, which is which is very good. Yeah. But I feel like her disposition at the point where Ed Harris comes in first, she's worried. She's like, ah, oh, shit. Then she's like, well, if anybody's going to find it, this is like me, think, like me, me going like thinking. Her right, thought process, right. 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 If anybody's going to find it, it makes sense for him to be the mm-hmm. one. Yeah, there's no know? like uh trying to steer him away from like the balcony which is where no. the doll's located. No trying to hide it right. or anything. So, yeah, I think that makes that that lines yeah. up. Yeah. And I think the movie's intentionally trying to get you to sort of like go along with her thought process as it's happening, right? Yeah. So, um because yeah, she goes through moment like she's buying the doll clothes, mm-hmm. which leads to that that one scene, but then, you know, she she's 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 constantly going back and forth with the yeah. doll like her, her disposition is constantly changing um and i think i think at the end i really thought that she thought that uh dakota johnson would be i don't know not necessarily forgiving but not um i don't think she would, thought she would have been that upset maybe understanding because yeah. like there, there's yeah, so she, much she thought she had this connection yeah there's so her. much yeah. uh in, in dakota johnson's character that like mirrors her younger self so like thinking that there would be like some sort of like implicit understanding between the two which obviously there wasn't yeah it's all just like projection on the part of of olivia coleman right mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so i don't know um I, I i just didn't i didn't understand why they were so the the family was so like weirdly suspicious of her like the entire time um is it the family or is it the sort of um the male figures in the family um because like you have dakota johnson like her the character's husband is super super sketchy And then you have like the other like the older like father or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The, the mother the mother was she was like on and off with her. Yeah, yeah, definitely on and off. Um, an interesting dynamic there, because like when it relates to like the whole motherhood aspect of it, because she's this this character is pregnant, yeah, and seemingly f- uh, pregnant for the first time, and yet she's like she's yeah. like trying to relate to her by like talking about like what it's like to be a mother, and meanwhile she's looking at her like how do you how do you know like how can you say this if you've never been mm-hmm. through it? So it's like I don't know. There's just I wasn't quite sure what they were trying to say with that character, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the whole that whole family was bizarre. But it was all really engaging. Though. I, I I was really like I was I was really engaged with it the whole way through. Like I I found just like the the structure of the movie and like just the way the dialogue played out in like this naturalistic and like awkward and like sort of like almost like unedited way, if that makes sense. Um, mm. it's like not improv, obviously, but like sort of like meant to seem like it. Um, I don't know. I just thought the performances were great. Um, to johnson's amazing mm-hmm. just just fantastic and jesse buckley who plays the younger version of, of olivia coleman like those flashbacks really really terrific um i don't know i did see um I, I saw a couple of other directorial debuts this week actually i've watched three of them in total this past week yeah, yeah. um one of them is a, a film that's on vod now uh, called the novice from lauren hathaway i don't know if you've heard of this one it's mm-hmm. about a uh, college freshman who is uh, obsessive and uh decides to join um her university's rowing team and just like gets um completely um obsessed with it and and just like pushes herself to extremes to mm. try and make like the top position on the varsity team at the expense of like her health and relationships and everything mm-hmm. um really terrific really like that one um and then there was a movie that came out on hbo max this past week called the fallout and um it's from uh, megan park and it's this coming of age film about a you know a group of, of high schoolers except it's in the aft aftermath of a school shooting Mm. 
And um, yeah, I was just, I was blown away by this one. It, it's, it's, it's funny, right? Cause like the, the, I was looking on Letterboxd after I saw it and the top Letterboxd review said something along the lines of like, I was going to say that the dialogue in this movie is, is a bit cringy, but then I realized that that's how I talk in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and like I thought that was so appropriate because there's there's like this movie has such an understanding of like adolescence and especially mm-hmm. especially adolescence like right now like dealing with like very real issues that kids are having to you know grow up living through um yeah and there was just like so much like nuance and and like just like like layers of like psychological stuff that was going on in this film that was just like all just like so so really smart. Um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't recommend this one enough. The Fallout, it's 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 so good. Um, yeah, to like take something like a school shooting and just have that be the sort of like inciting action of a film rather than the point of the film itself, and then like from there you explore the characters who survive it and and all the the various ways that that affects them over the um you know the the weeks and months afterwards um Mm -hmm. it was handled extremely well so and also the star of that jenna ortega was was incredible yeah Mm. really good and shailene woodley's in it too she plays a therapist yeah yeah um we have a lot here but we should probably wrap up huh okay Um, i do want to talk about trying to find some kind of proper ending segment Mm -hmm. instead of just being like oh hey yep the show's over right but I, I, I don't know what to necessarily do. Yet. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's tough finding an opening and finding a closing. Mm-hmm. And then also like the middle yeah. stuff. <laughs> the, the whole thing. thing really. The whole thing yeah. is a, yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know. Um, but hey, Brett Easton Ellis' account on Twitter roared back to life. Oh, no. It's been a few months. Uh, yeah, yesterday he tweeted out. Well, I don't know, I don't know who tweeted it out, honestly. Uh that guy in the Shrek 2 accidentally in love video with singing rabbit. Um, so it's just like a link to, to a video? No? Nope. No? Nope. Oh, that's just the text. That's that's the that's tweet. That's the tweet. Okay. That's the tweet. That's the whole tweet. Yeah. But like <laughs> but like what about it though, you know? I that that was it. That was it. That was the whole thing. Were there any replies? No follow up. No, I mean from yeah. other people. <laughs> someone said, uh, okay, sis. Uh-huh. So true. Uh somebody says, Hey Todd, how you doing? <laughs> What time of day? Does, does it say what time of day this is? Uh, two thirty in the afternoon, Eastern time. Okay. Uh, I thought you were gonna say two thirty a.m. So. and I was like, oh, that makes more sense. No, no, no. Afternoon, afternoon time, daytime. Sun's mm-hmm. out. Sun's out. Shrek's out. You know. What, so what's the tweet? One more time. That guy in the Shrek two accidentally in love video with singing rabbit. Huh. Yeah. What a what a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it activated like a sleeper cell somewhere. You know. <laughs> so like there's a video there's a shrek 2 video with a singing rabbit i don't know i don't know has anybody looked into this i don't think anybody cares no about. no unfortunately uh somebody quote tweeted it and said hell yeah mm, yeah so that guy in the shrek 2 accidentally in love video with singing rabbit oh accidentally in love that's um that's that's a song that's like smash mouth isn't it oh you're right yeah smash mouth Yes, that guy in the Shrek 2 accidentally in love video with the singing rabbit. Right, so there must be like an, an animated uh, music video for that song that has a rabbit in it. Yes, okay, hold on. I can't play it because that'll get sure. claimed. But I'm yeah. Accidentally in love. Oh, it's Counting Crows. Oh. Okay. Okay, right. So in the video, there's a guy watching Shrek 2. Okay, and there's a singing rabbit. It looks like Nes- the Nesquik bunny, but it's actually the guy from Counting Crows because he's got the dreadlocks. 
So the Counting Crows guy is the guy? He's the rabbit. Oh, he's a rabbit. But who's the guy watching the rabbit? Nobody's watching the rabbit, actually. You said there's somebody watching... Oh, there's somebody watching Shrek 2? That guy in the Shrek 2 accidentally in love video with the singing rabbit. Is there a guy in the video watching video? Okay. Yeah. Huh. But what what's what is being said about this guy? Like that guy. That guy, huh? I I think well he's 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 in his underpants. He's just kind of in the he's drinking some milk. He's kind of dancing around. Sort of a risky business situation, you know? Maybe maybe it's Drop like you know how Facebook would have like uh you can you can sort of like describe the mood that you're in. Maybe mm -hmm. this is like him tweeting out his mood and he's like his his mood right. is that guy from the Shrek 2 video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like this is how I'm feeling right now. This is how I express how I how I can express my feelings. Yeah. yeah. His girlfriend is not too pleased, I have to say. Oh. I don't understand why the guy from Counting Crows is a singing rabbit. He looks like the Nesquik bunny. It's really weird. Also, this video is like in 200p resolution, and it seems to be the only one on YouTube. This is strange. <laughs> okay. Yeah, why is this the only copy of this video on YouTube? <laughs> what the fuck? This is... I feel like I'm like catching schizophrenia from this. Maybe the plan is to turn this video into an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that guy in the Shrek Two accidentally. And so he's video he's just gauging interest by putting this tweet out there. You know, maybe yeah. And you know what? I did retweet it, so I'm contributing <laughs> to the problem. Oh man, uh, that's gonna do. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Especially if you listen through the Shrek Two accidentally in love video with Sigi Gravit. I've got uh, that song stuck in my head, even though I haven't heard it in like two decades. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's the problem, baby? <laughs> oh, fuck. I didn't even play it, and now it's in my... You know, I muted it. Oh, fuck. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dinner Road. Check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash TV. Somehow we reached 400 likes on Facebook. I don't know where all you people Whoa. came from, but hi, what's up? I, I don't get it, man. I don't know what the fuck. You know what I just realized? <laughs> I don't... Yeah. And this is not related to the likes, but I, that, that's great to hear, you know. Um, but Counting Crows mm -hmm. is timeless. You yeah. Huh. The fact that, you know, you can just recall a song that you haven't heard in so long and just like immediately have it stuck in your head like that. That is the sign of, of a classic. But how much of that is the Shrek factor? Well, I mean, sure. You have to take that into account. But it's it, like how many words, how many words from Mr. Jones do you know? Well, Mr. Jones and yeah. me. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, mm-hmm, yep. See, I think the Shrek factor is, is key here. Also, I thought they were Smash Mouth. <laughs> That's true. See, exactly. Yeah, see? The Shrek factor. It's counting crows divided by Shrek. <laughs> That's the equation. Yeah. <laughs> Check out the Twitch, twitch.tv slash TV. Do a YouTube search for TV. An email video at deadandroad.co, like how I was problematic in the Dating is Dead segment. Uh, and if you have time, give us a rating on a podcast app of your choice. You know, um, f there was a news report this week uh, that Facebook has lost users for the first time in its history this past quarter. Mm. I wonder if yeah. our Facebook page could turn that around for you. If it continues to huh. grow. You, you know? know, you know, Zuckerberg, I'm just an email away. Mm -hmm. I could turn the whole meta thing down. I know your stock price tanked this week. Uh, yeah, if you want to send me into your cyber verse and I can put on a t-shirt or whatever the fuck you're supposed to do in the metaverse, um, yeah, you know, a Denigro TV stock has never been higher. Um, it's also never been lower because there's no <laughs> stock price, but. <laughs> well, no, it does, but it's just in uh, Ethereum, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Because I because I own I own the color yellow. Uh, you you can't you can't use it. You can't use it anywhere mm-hmm. else. I I own that one. Um, and mauve. I own mauve. As well, well, no, you have to. It's not that you can own yellow. You have to own a particular shade, which I believe yours was piss yellow, right? Yeah. Yes. This is right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Ugh. Piss yellow and dookie stain brown. There we go. Those are mine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I can't end like that. This has been a rough. This has been a rough one. I'll, I'll be honest. While we're still recording here, this has been a rough one. We can't. We can't end like that. And I'll take the blame for it. Go. Um, we gotta go back. Cutting crows. We gotta go back. Who do? Who the blowfish? What about them? I don't know. We just want to start naming. We gotta go back. Start naming artists from from that era. Lenny Kravitz. We gotta. Go, we gotta go back. What was the guy from from Lost that wanted to go, the, the, go back to the island? That's one of the greatest twists in television <laughs> history, and I am not going to spoil it for anybody on this podcast. <laughs> we gotta go. Back. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. We gotta go back. I'm kind of gross. <laughs> uh, we gotta. Okay. All right. I'm gonna stop recording because <laughs> this is the end. All right. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>